0: So Sunday we talked about uh, Jeremiah. I'm Riker. This is Tim Hart, and this is part two. Part two, yeah. I think it's pretty crazy that he spent like almost 50 years, like doing something and telling everyone, yeah, they need to get it together. <laughs> otherwise, God will bring judgment on them. That's right. So, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That'd be a hard thing. I mean, we talked on Sunday about how Jeremiah's ministry. They estimate lasted between 42 to 47 years, with some discrepancies, which it is. But uh, he had a long, long time of a message that nobody wanted to hear. Yeah, <laughs> and, it, and, and and in fact, where there's groups of prophets who are saying other things and prophesying mm-hmm. peace. And, uh, you know, so Jeremiah was tasked with carrying something, the word of the Lord, which was different and distinct from what everybody else was saying. Nobody liked the word. Nobody wanted to hear it. Yeah. And so Jeremiah did this. He was faithful to it for just under 50 years. I mean, it's incredible. So, you know, we talked about what is the big but of Jeremiah is, uh, you know, God said, I would say, you know, You know, Jeremiah, will you be faithful to the words I give you, even though no one's going to want to hear them? Yeah, that's not going to be received. You're not going to be received. And you're going to have to do this for nearly 50 years. Mm. You know, I think Jeremiah would have a reasonable objection (laughs) to the Lord. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that. No, no. (laughs) And, you know, and there's times where he even voices his complaint there. And there's times where you even get this picture of Jeremiah's internal uh, dilemma. And just, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, times where he's very depressed. Like he's in a low state and... So uh, anyway, it was it was fun. It was fun digging into Jeremiah and looking at that. and yeah. uh, so I thought maybe um, what we could do is um, go a little bit more into uh, this idea of what yeah. is a prophet. Yeah,
0: what is a prophet?
1: <laughs> what is a prophet? <laughs> so um, yeah. like tell, tell me your thoughts. Have you uh, you read much about you know
0: Old Testament prophets, New Testament prophets? you know have you done any looking into that at all or? I think it's pretty cool that God uses um, people to talk to other people um, and like to send messages in a way. Like um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like I think when we talked about Jonah last week, was that last week?
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. not. This past Sunday, but the yeah. Sunday before. Yeah. We... Yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean, yeah. yeah, we talked about Jonah the previous Sunday. Um, I think it's pretty interesting how um, if God gives. Uh, prophet some a word to say that if they don't follow through god will like still push them to do that like
1: yeah yeah the, actually yeah. Um, that story of jonah was interesting i mean you get this um really significant trouble that jonah found himself in uh, when he when he didn't give the word he fled mm. to i think it's tarshish he fled to yeah. and uh tried to run away from doing what god had called him and yet um, found himself in a lot of trouble. And that's really interesting, actually. Mm. Actually, and so that brings up the question as well, what about in the New Testament? We, we have these prophets mentioned. We have people like Agabus mentioned in Acts chapter 11, mm. chapter, Acts chapter 21. Um, we have uh, Judas and Silas who are mentioned in Acts chapter 15 verse 32. Uh, we have uh, even Philip, his four daughters, when they all prophesied, etc. So there's these different uh, people in the New Testament who we find, who are prophets. And so um, the question then comes up is, well, is that the same as what we read back, you know, in Jeremiah and Jonah and some of the prophets we've been talking about the last yeah. couple of weeks? Um, so I thought it'd be kind of fun just to unpack a little bit more yeah. uh, this idea of what is an Old Testament prophet. And um, because I, I went into a little bit on Sunday during the message, but uh, just in a very brief way. And so I thought we could just kind of, uh, we were talking before we turned the camera on and uh, there's some really fascinating stuff about why God instituted uh, the role of prophet in the Old Testament. Yeah. I thought we could look at that. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Significant day called the Day of Horeb. Yeah. <laughs> it it was, was quite true. dramatic. Oh, All right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. so here, let me just tell you a little bit really quick. Um, and feel free, you know, if you want to interject or you have any thoughts. like Yeah. Just, <laughs> just have at her.
0: <laughs> but
1: um and by the way I, I couldn't find I couldn't find my Bible so I had to borrow my wife's Bible so it's lovely pink and floral and there's flowers on it so yeah just want to be forthright with you this you know my Bible is pink it has flowers on it right now but uh okay so we're looking at this thing day of Horeb significant day uh that's actually the place where the very beginnings of the Bible happened one of the most significant events in the history of the people of God it was the first time that the words of God, were penned and written down for people to uh, to cherish and to preserve, mm-hmm. and uh, we know those are called the Ten Commandments. That was the starting place yeah. of the of the whole, the beginning point, the birthplace, if you will, of the Bible. Actually, God's written word, and so this occurs in Exodus nineteen. And I just want to give a little bit of a description. Uh, and it says in in uh, Exodus nineteen verse sixteen, on the morning of the third day. Um, so this is, just to get a setting here, um, the people of Israel, they're out in the wilderness. They've been rescued out of uh, Egypt. They're wandering around. Moses is their leader. And uh, God had kind of told Moses, get ready because I want to visit you. I'm going to come down into Mount Sinai and speak with you and give you some commands. And give some instructions of people what they should and shouldn't do. Uh, and so it says, on the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings in a thick cloud on the mountain. Uh, it says very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln and the whole mountain trembled greatly and the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Moses spoke and God answered him in thunder. The Lord speak, <laughs> spoke to him, thunder, <laughs> And he said this, he said the Lord came down to Mount on the top of the mountain and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain. Moses went up. So we get this picture of a very dramatic entrance of God. I mean, we're talking about pillars of smoke. If you've ever seen a kiln, I mean, there's thick smoke coming up out of that. Um, you know, there's lightning, there's thunder. It's just extremely yeah. terrifying and awe-striking. <laughs> And so Moses goes up. Now, if you if you kind of read through what happens, Moses goes up there. We get the Ten Commandments. Um, I'm not going to go into those just right now. You can read those in Exodus chapter 20. Um, in, in the first half of Exodus 20. Now, the, at the end of chapter 20, very interesting verse here. Verse 18, it says, Now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled. hmm <laughs> And they stood far off and said to Moses, "You speak to us; we will listen. But do not God do not let God speak to us, lest we die." Moses said to the people, "Do not fear, for God has come to test you, that you may fear Him, um, that the fear of Him may be for you, and that you may not sin." But the people stood far off. While um, Moses drew uh, drew near to the thick darkness. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting here. So you have where God actually earlier says he wanted the people to be brought into his presence and he wanted to speak to them directly. He wanted uh, them to be ready and be to be in his presence as he came and revealed himself. And yet the people very interesting we're terrified when they saw this thunder and the, granted i would be terrified if i saw thunder and pillars <laughs> yeah. of uh, smoke and fire and yeah i mean you know all this stuff It'd uh, terrifying. it would be terrified it would be terrified so i mean i yeah. can kind of feel, i can feel where they're coming yeah. from
0: i wouldn't want to walk into that
1: <laughs> no i mean if you were walking down town castlegar and you see this on top of what what's that mountain selkirk mountain yeah. let's say <laughs> fire and it's like the trees are burning, like not a forest fire, but there's smoke and there's thunder. It's the voice of the Lord. I mean, yeah. that would be terrifying. <laughs> I guarantee half of you would just be laid out on the gravel. Uh, on the, of the logging road. But um, yeah. so they're terrified here. And then they say something very interesting in the midst of that. They did not want to go into the presence of God. They said, Moses, we don't want to go up there. We're terrified, but you speak to us it just so that God doesn't speak to us because we think we'll die if he speaks to us. So they asked that they asked uh, Moses to actually speak to them on God's behalf. That was a request that they made. Now the Lord remembered that. We're going to flip over to Deuteronomy 18, and I want to look here. This is where God actually institutes the role of prophet in the Old Testament. This is the call that God through Moses he spoke to him, and you can find it in Deuteronomy 18. Is it flip open to your Bible, if you have it, or you can just listen to me read it. That's fine too. Uh, if you're more of an auditory learner. Um, okay, so if you go to uh, chapter eighteen, verse fifteen, here it says this: it "says the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet, a prophet, like me." And this is Moses speaking, from among you, for uh, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen, just as just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, "Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord." May God. Um, my God, or see this great fire anymore lest I die. Very interesting. So the reason God instituted prophets in the Old Testament is because the people themselves did not want to hear God directly. Now we think that's, you know, we think, well, you know, um, we think that, well, God, you know, maybe chose these few people to speak to because he didn't want to speak to the people directly. Well, actually, that's... Not what we read. We read that God called the whole nation to come before him. He wanted to reveal himself. He wanted to actually reveal the greatness of who he was Mm. to instill a fear and a reverence in them. And they were so terrified. They actually said, we don't want to hear from you directly, God. We (laughs) want Moses to speak to us on your behalf. And so now God responded to their desire and put in place Prophets. And I'd like to maybe make the argument that I don't think that was God's first plan. I think that yeah. God intended to speak to us um, directly. And I think it's interesting now we look in the New Testament, um, the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit comes down in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, pr- verse 16. It says Peter looked at this and he read. Uh, Uh, remembered what the prophet Joel had written. And it says, In the last days I'll pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. So it's really interesting. It's almost like at the day of Pentecost, the Lord brought back what he originally intended, was that he wanted to speak directly. I mean, we get this picture of God speaking to uh, sons and daughters, Mm -hmm. and whether men servants, maid servants, young, old. It's kind of everybody, all flesh. The Spirit's been poured out, and it's God's desire to speak to them. Um, So anyway, I found that, I found that really interesting. Yeah. And uh, maybe what I could do is tell you a little of the differences between the Old Testament and New Testament prophets. Mm. So just in a, really, in a really quick, concise way. Um, in the Old Testament, I said this on Sunday, but um, prophets were actually uh, entrusted with the very words of God. I, I don't think that any of the prophets would have had any... Um, any sense of uh, confusion about what they were seeing? You know, like, you know, some of us, we maybe feel like God has spoken to us. We have like a faint little thought that comes, yeah. or, right? I mean, if you had that before? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay, you know, Was that God? I, <laughs> was can't, <it? laughs> I can't be God. And, you know, you'd sort of dismiss it. And then it actually, yeah. you know, in some cases, you'd actually find out that that thing was very true. And uh, you know we have this thing where it's really hard to tell sometimes if God's speaking to us, and and we have to test it, we have to weigh it and test mm-hmm. it. We're actually commanded to do that in yeah. the New Testament because it can be it can be wrong because you know this revelation that we get is something we have to try and interpret and figure out if it's God. In the Old Testament, I, I don't think it was like that. I think there was a far greater intensity and clarity of God's word because it was the same caliber as the scriptures. It was such so important they heard it accurately and clearly. So when when prophets heard the word of the Lord, and they they chose not to give it, It, that was not because they didn't think God spoke to them. They were just rebelling and refusing to do, like in the case of Jonah. And then we look in the Old Testament, we see Jonah refuses to give the word of God and it it results in these severe judgments. I mean, they're out in the water. There's a a tempest, a a storm. The other guys are like, what is going on? And, you know, (laughs) let's cast lots to see who's God we angered. And essentially Jonah (laughs) says, don't worry about it. It's my fault. Throw me overboard and this will all be fixed. Uh, you know, in, in the end, they do that, and Jonah actually swallowed up by the whale or the great fish, and the, the seas calm down. So there's an, actually some intense judgment that came on Jonah for mm-hmm. his disobedience. We don't really see that um, in the New Testament. Um, there, there's no real requirement or judgment that comes on somebody for you know not giving a word they receive or something. Uh, also in the Old Testament, we, we know that um, there's very severe consequences for a prophet to give a word that was not from the Lord. And if you remember on Sunday, I spoke on uh, Jeremiah 28, there was a prophet there, Hananiah. Yeah. And he tried to lighten the message. Jeremiah is talking about the 70 years of exile. Uh, and Hananiah comes along, he says, no, no, he takes the yoke. Uh, Jeremiah had actually kind of a, prophetically, uh, as a picture, he would put this oxen yoke on his shoulders and said, we're going to be under the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar. Um, so, so Hananiah takes that yoke, smashes it, and said, "No, it's in two years. All the stuff that was taken from the temple is going to be brought back. Oh, the whole thing is going to be done in two years." And um, and what then? Jeremiah receives a second word, which is the uh, yoke that was broken comes back, but now it's an iron yoke. The Lord <laughs> saying, "No, this is seventy years." And and the word was that because Hananiah had prophesied a lie to the people of God. It said his life would be required of him. He, just, he died that year. It was a judgment of God for prophesying falsely. Um, in the New Testament, we kind of don't s- see that same judgment come on somebody for getting it wrong. In fact, it actually there's almost an expectation we could get it wrong because it says uh, two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. Uh, another place it says in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.19, it says, Do not despise prophetic utterances. But test everything and hold on to what is good and throw away what is evil. And so there's a sense where we actually have to weigh it out and test it and kind of keep the parts of it that are good and beneficial, but be ready to disregard the parts that are not. And and so that and that could be with very good intentions. They're thinking they're hearing God and they share it. We test it and like, no, actually, that wasn't God. Um, so we don't have to take them out and stone them or anything like that. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a little bit different. And um, the, the third characteristic was that... Um, um, there was very severe judgments on kings and on nations who did not obey the Word of God. you know we, we remember uh, different times like you know in when Daniel was in uh, Babylon prophesying to the king and and it says you know there's uh, there 's there just great judgment on him you know we know that time period where I think it was Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, went through four years of insanity and things like that, um, you know, as a sort of a judgment on his pride and and that sort of thing. Uh, There's other examples where there's just like this uh, catastrophe that comes on nations when they actually don't heed the words of God. And so uh, there's a little bit of a picture of the Old Testament. What they were really doing was they were saying words that were the equivalent of Scripture. They were the very words of God. In the New Testament, we have where we hear, we maybe have pictures that come to mind, we have um, thoughts or impressions, or we have maybe even dreams and visions, those kinds of things. Um, You know, we relay those messages to somebody else, but there's a requirement we test those things. And uh, Mm -hmm. it's not the same as Scripture. We always come back to Scripture, and and Scripture is always the standard. And everything that we kind of hear, whether through dreams, visions, it always has to agree with the Scripture. And if it doesn't, Mm -hmm. we we have to throw it away, because God says He has spoken to us through this word, Hebrews chapter 1. So um, anyway, there's a little bit of an explanation, a little bit further into what it means uh, to be an Old Testament prophet, what that calling was, and... uh, a little bit about New Testament prophecy. So um, any other thoughts or questions yeah. or comments that you have?
0: I, no, I think that's good. <laughs> Was there anything else you wanted to talk about?
1: Uh, well, I, I could go on. But yeah. no, I won't. I won't. <laughs> You've heard enough, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> awesome. Yeah, okay. All right, well, I think that's all we have time for for this episode of part two. Uh, make sure you like and share this video if you like the video or like what Tim said. And... Uh, Yeah, I'll see you next time. Part two.